1: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: This podcast is powered by SportString, your digital water cooler.
1: Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast, uh, Caught in the Net. This is uh, your co host, Dave Severns, along with my good friend, Mike Procopio. And uh, I tell you what, sweet, we got another great cast this week a good friend of ours um you know i i I met coach atkins probably seven eight years ago but i heard about him extensively so uh we're gonna we're gonna have him on to talk about a little bit about his his uh career his background and then we'll get into some player development stuff so mike why why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest
0: introduce the guest. what do i look like, <laughs> like wikipedia jesus christ yeah we're like johnny carson yeah i'm johnny yeah i'm johnny larson is what i am <laughs> nah, david's one of the more well-respected guys in player development i, I met david at the nike all america oh the nike camps nike skill academy He's probably an accurate right. a long time ago uh when he was on staff you know he worked. you know with a lot of the, you you know a lot of the high school kids and in that Maryland area, Maryland D.C. area, and then, you know, working uh, women's basketball for a while at Maryland, and then, you know, joined the staff at Washington. And I've been friends. We we spent a lot of time together talking about player development. When he comes to Dallas, or I would go to Washington. I've known David a long time. We spent a lot of time in China together with the, with the night <laughs> hey, trips. You, and, you, know, the, you should see the three of us in China <laughs> together.
1: Oh boy. Yeah.
0: So now David's one of those guys. Look, it's you know it's different between work and player development and caring about working and player development. Like right. you could talk to a lot of guys in the league or in college or whatever about player development. They'll, they'll talk about tricky drills or they'll, or they'll give you some John Gordon fucking speech or something like that. But then there's other guys you can talk to and actually like, this is what I do. Here's the plan of how to get a player better. This is what I'm working on. This is what I'm watching. Like you know the difference between people who are bullshitting through it and a person who actually cares about it, David's a guy that we've had extensive conversations with about the the player development. Had a lot of good times with, so yeah. And now he's in with uh, with the Clippers organization, working in player development. Um, you know, splitting time between between the Clippers and the in their G League franchise. So, what's uh yeah, this is David fucking yeah. Atkins. Yeah, David, <laughs> just go
1: ahead and give us a brief. Um Background, and then we'll get into some specific player development stuff.
2: Um, well, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, sure, it's you guys are both dear friends. Uh, as as Mike just said, uh, we've traveled the world a little bit together and and had a lot of fun. Hopefully, impacted some young players. Um, and you know, my journey is interesting because this is the first time in my career I've had to move away from my family. I'm living in Rancho Cucamonga uh, <laughs> right now. I work. Yeah, and never, couldn't even pronounce it when I first moved out here, um, but uh, it's been beautiful. It's been great um, with the G League. Lawrence Frank uh, threw me a lifeline when I uh, didn't get retained with the Washington Wizards, so I'm very thankful to the Clippers and the Clippers organization, Ty Lue and Paul Hewitt, who's a G League coach, but it's been great, man. It's kind of back to basics for me um, with the young guys that we have here. They're, they're um, Their thirst for knowledge, so to speak. It's been really cool to be out here with these young guys. We've had some success. Uh, Guys have gotten better. Guys have gotten some call-ups. We've got six games left in the season. And then uh, I'll be back with the Clippers.
1: Hey, that's that's great, David. Uh, uh, One thing real quick for you and Mike. It's time to reclaim your health and arm (laughs) your immune system With a convenient daily nutrition, especially during the cold and flu season. It's one scoop with water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free (laughs) one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drinks to take ownership over your health. All right, we got that out of the way, Da. So yeah, that's continue. You
2: guys are sponsored. Now. This is big time. This is freaking oh, yeah. big time.
0: Yeah, we're really, we're really, we're really like reaping the benefits yeah. off that fucking financial deal. Yeah, right. I'm still waiting for my athletic greens. Uh, yeah, you know what they're immune. You know what they're going to help it to be immune from paying us. All right, they're fucking immune from paying us. So you can work without a immune system. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah.
1: David, take, take us back to when you were a high school coach, working with those kids in the D.C. area, and then through your journey at Maryland.
2: Wow. Um, got started in a public high school at uh, Washington League. Really got into coaching to, with a buddy of mine, got a job at Washington League High School, which is a public school. I don't even think it's called that anymore right now. Um, just in Arlington, just outside the city. Um, and was with him for four years. Kind of got my, my, my thirst, my, my uh, love back for basketball, played in college. So worked for him for four years. Then went to a place called Herndon High School uh, with Gary Hall, who's arguably one of the better Northern Virginia coaches. Um, um, now is coaching down in North Carolina. Then went over and worked for uh, Stu Vetter at Montrose Christian, who I, I went to mm-hmm. high school at Flint Hill, played for him. Um, Coach Vetter's had some of the best players that come out of the, the D.C. metropolitan area and was with him for seven years. Um, had some really good players, guys that went on to the NBA, went on to professionally overseas and a lot of college players. And then got a chance to go work at the University of Maryland um, with the women's team. Um, Coach Freeze at that time, this was 2009, uh, was looking to um, bring in somebody uh, that did player development, coached and what have you. And she had followed me a little bit. Her husband is a good friend of mine, Mark Thomas. Um, So he kind of recommended me and I went over and started working for her um, and was able to to work for her for five years. They just got into the Sweet 16 for the second, I mean, for the numerous time just, just uh, yesterday. But anyway, so you asked me about high school. I mean, in D.C. at that time, you know, we're talking 15, 20 years ago, it was a hotbed you know, um, of young players coming up from the Mike Beasley's to the Kevin Durant's to the Ty Lawson's to... Um, you know, Austin Freeman to, you know, Jeff Peterson, who was a very good player. Now is an assistant GM sure. with the Brooklyn Nets, but on and on and on. Chris Wright, this this big players. And, you know, DC such a hotbed, and, and you start recruiting players in middle school. You start going out to look at them if you had a private school, and you start to identify them early on. And so what you would do is you try to get them to come to your gym for workouts in middle school. Um, Quinn Cook, there's another one we used to have come in. But, and so, Me, Kevin Sutton. Kevin Sutton was at McNamara at that time, Who's a very good coach and player development guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would have workouts at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings. 6 a.m. So guys would have to get up at 4.35 o'clock to get over there. And we just started doing workouts. And and guys would come and it just kind of blossomed. A lot of guys would would get better. Um, Other coaches would come and And you guys know Five Star was a big thing in the D.C. Metropolitan area down in Hampton, Sydney, because we all got out of school early. So we would go down to Hampton, Sydney, the D.C. Metropolitan coaches, a lot of them, you know, Steve Turner, you know, Mike Jones, those guys. And we kind of built a a friendship and it just just kind of grew from there. Um, And that's kind of and just guys in D.C. that it's a hotbed for basketball. They start playing at nine, ten years old it's serious basketball it's good basketball it's high level basketball at 10 years old if you can believe that and there's great coaches you know great aau programs and it's just uh it's just been really good for the last few years of getting players to to play to college and to the pros yeah
1: and if our listeners want to watch a documentary that kind of entails what coach is talking about uh, it's, it's the princess George's county i can't remember the title but do you must remember what water. I'm talking about? Yeah, must it be must, the water. Must be That's the water. It. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, actually, Victor Oladipo and Quinn Cook. I think KD was the one that his 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 company produced it, and Quinn Cook and Victor right. Oladipo had a had a director's role in it. But yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a lot of talents and young women and men. You know, both women and men came out of that that area at this time. So
1: take take us through your your time at Maryland, and maybe talk, David, a little bit about the difference if there is any, between player development, working with men versus women?
2: It's a great question. It, it, it's funny because I know Mike and I have talked about it, and you, it's, it's it's really no difference. At first, it took me a little while to understand, but before I got to Maryland, um, I had got connected with Marissa Coleman. Um, I'd go up to work out Gravis Vasquez. I had coached Gravis in high school, and Gravis was a sophomore at Maryland. And so I'd go up. I was working at the math. I'd go get – Graves to work out in before school. So we'd meet at, uh, at the Xfinity Center, and we wouldn't even have the lights turned on. It was like, it was like dusk, dark outside, and we didn't want the lights on, because I, I liked that. It was a little dark, so he had to really focus on the basket, and we um, uh, uh, would work out in the morning. And a couple of times I'd go up to Marissa Coleman was at the other end, and she kept looking. She was a big time player, had a jersey, retired, played in the WNBA, just retired just recently. From the WNBA, she'd be looking over at us. So I said, just come on and join us. And that kind of started a relationship with us, and she'd be there and work out with us. Well, lo and behold, she told Coach Freeze, and I got on her radar. Um, and so, but working out women, what I found was there was no difference. And this was back mm-hmm. in 2007, 2008. Maybe they didn't dunk at that time. You know, a couple of girls, a girl from Stanford's dunking now. But her skill set, Marissa's skill set, was as good as anybody I'd been around. Well, that led me to uh, Crystal Langhorne. She started coming to work out, and so I'd start working those guys out before they got to the WNBA season. And Crystal Langhorne had a 13, 14 year career in the WNBA, played overseas. She's a uh, probably a six four, six five lefty post player, tremendous player. Jersey's retired, won a national championship in Maryland. Well, that led me to Christy Tolliver, who's probably one of my all-time five favorites of a work. She's She's as tough as a dude as anybody I've ever been around, and loves the game. She's coaching with Dallas. David, is she,
1: is she? I was going to say she's in the NBA. Right. Yeah,
2: she got a couple years with us with the with the Wizards. Um, she's still with the She's still playing the WNBA with the Sparks, um, and now she is uh, behind the bench assistant with Dallas. Uh, Jason Kidd brought her mm-hmm. in. So those you know, so I'd those guys I'd work out, um, and that showed me that. I mean, there's not many more professionals that I've been around than Crystal Langhorn. that she didn't like the 7 a.m. workout, so I'd start her at 8 in the morning, but at 7.20, she'd walk down the steps, she'd had a jug of water, she'd go through a stretch, she just, everything she did, and you guys know, once you get into the NBA or you get to a high level of college, if you don't have a work ethic and a routine, you don't have a chance. And her routine and her work ethic was second to any man I've ever worked with. So, see, your question, Dave, is: is there's no difference? And and I loved it because a lot of times with the women, you didn't have to justify what you wanted them to do; they would just do it. With guys, sometimes they why right. am I doing why am I doing this move or why am I doing that? Why am I working on my pivoting? Uh, because pivoting is important. But women would just do it, and so it really helped me. It really helped me teach the the the, the, the trade. A lot of guys can teach the tricks. Coach, my my high school coach said. You know, a lot of guys can t- teach the tricks of the trade, but they can't, t- they can't teach the trade. And I think us three guys teach the trade. We teach how to play the game the right way. A lot of guys, can, as you say, the Instagram trainers can do all that funny bullshit, whatever. But can you teach the trade? And co- Coach Coaching Women helped me really kind of fine-tune my trade and then I could teach it and they could get improvements, then you could add to their craft.
1: Uh, that's great. Uh, hey, just a thought for both of you guys. You know, I've, if you ever heard of ColorCast, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. All you have to do is go to your app store, uh, download ColorCast app, create your profile, link it to your Twitter, and you can join a league or a group. Um, and we're going to be live on ColorCast, you know, coming up pretty soon. It's, it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns. Reacting to breaking news and you can share your own experiences on the app. So uh, check out the ColorCast app.
0: I'm actually already on black and white cast,
2: so I, I haven't really <laughs> have a yet so don't worry about Yo, it. Yo, you you guys are big time. Uh, this is the are uh, you no. guys are sponsors now? What are we oh, doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are on. we
0: doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, so now you've you you've kind of did the Maryland thing, and now you got a chance to go to the NBA. Talk to us about that.
2: Um, it was really funny because I met Maryland. Excuse me, we had just got to the Final Four. We had D Brown started. You guys know D Brown, Lexi Brown. Huh, the best was, f- was phenomenal. I mean, she was she was that piece that we had. We had a, a young lady named Melissa Thomas that's still playing in Connecticut, one of the top ten players in the WNBA, but. We needed that piece, and, and Lexi was uh, that piece. I mean, she was a guard that you know, Dee had did a great job, and Tammy, the mom, had did a great job of raising, knew how to play, loved the game, and so we just got to the final four. Same team was coming back. It's really exciting. And I get a phone call from uh, Mark uh, Mark Eversley, and Mark at that time was a, was the uh, director of pro personnel, I think, at the Washington Wizards, and he calls me out of the blue. And, I, and he's talking to me about developing a player development. They need to have some guy. you know, they don't have the program at the Wizards and they're going over. And, I, and I'm like, and I stop him. I'm like, yo, Mark, wait a minute. I fucking coach women's basketball. Are you, are you talking to me? And he laughed. And he said, yeah, yeah, he's did, he did his research. And really, guys, that's what it started. So I talked with right. him. Then I talked to Tommy Shepard. And then two days later, I'm down in front of Randy Whitman, Great basketball my great coach, great person, but just a, a savant for basketball. So I'm talking to him, and he has all these plays on the board and, you know, <clears throat> on his chalkboard, in the uh, his whiteboard, excuse me, in his office. And he's talking to me. He says, well, how can you help us? And I said, see all those plays, coach. I don't know what they are, but I know that if, if those numbers are players, I can help those players in those positions. And he kind of looked at me. And I said, I don't need – I don't want your job. I said, I'm, I'm, I, I want to develop your players to play how you want them to play. And, and, I th- and I think he really respected that. And so the next day I go down, they have me work out Otto Porter and Glenn Rice, Jr. You know, Glenn Rice, Jr. and Otto Porter. That's the two. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, the workout was great. Ryan Richmond, who's now still with the assistant there, sure. he was – he was, uh, he was actually an intern video there, and he was helping me. So we kind of prepped it. We went through some pistol. Act. I put him through some actions. I warmed him up, got him. But I put him through pistol. I put him through a couple of different uh, coaches' actions. Did not know that it was Coach Whitman on the court, but everybody in management was up in the uh, – I did it on the main court at the, at the Verizon Center. Everybody in management was up in one of the booths watching. And then uh, uh, the next day or a week late, not a couple of days later, they called me and offered me a position. Um, and that was it. So basically it was a two week period that I went from talking to Mark Eversley to having an opportunity to be on the, on the staff with coach Whitman.
1: And how long were you with the Wizards, David? S- seven years. Wow. And you've had some really good players come through there. Uh, yeah. you were obviously there with John Wall, Bradley Beal. Talk about yeah. those guys a little bit.
2: Oh, they're the best. Um, I tell people all the time, I, I got my third contract and, um, we're in the weight room at the new practice facility over in Southeast D.C., and Brad walks in. It's in the summertime. I just just got a deal and, um, and signed it, and, and I, I walked up. and said, I got to thank you, man. My family and I just got a new contract, and he gets up and gives me a hug. It's probably one of the best moments because he knew what was going on. I had an opportunity maybe to go with Minnesota and, and the NBA for people that don't know, and you guys know, if, if the only way you can move up as a coach, you have to have leverage. Um, unfortunately, I had a little bit of leverage and, and Tommy Shepard and Scotty Brooks took care of me. Um, and but you don't stay anywhere in the league, this league if the stars don't fuck with you. The stars don't respect you or don't you know want you on their, on, on their team, so to speak. And so John Wall and Bradby, I've got nothing but great things. great guys, hard workers, uh, obviously tremendous you know all NBA type players. Um, I learned a lot with them. I hope I was able to, to bestow a little bit on them. But, uh, you know, really, really fond memories of those guys. A lot of workouts in the gyms, a lot of workouts in Florida when John is off-season home and and Brad out here in L.A. Um, You know, you guys know this because what we do is that this is a a a 12-month-a-year job. It's not just you Mm -hmm. might take a day or two off here or maybe a week here, but in player development, you're on the beckon of the player, and you want the player to want to work with you. You want the player to want to be around you. So um, those two guys were, were, were great for me.
1: All right, that's uh, – and and now, you know, Dave's finished his first year with the Agua Caliente Clippers, also with the big club, working with their guys, as he mentioned at the beginning. Uh, Sweet Chuck, let's let's pivot now to specific player development uh, questions for David. What do you got for him?
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, it's easy for sometimes guys to work with lottery picks and get those guys better. You know, I mean, you hear – too many stories about that, and yeah, I always call it like being like Dominique Wilkins, a jump coach. You know, I mean, you know, it's not like you're doing a lot of fucking work doing that when you're working out great players that are always going to be great, doesn't matter who's working with them. Talk to me about I think it's the most I think what really defines a player development coach is coaches that could take average players that are like undrafted, late draft picks, you know young free agents that found their way that that sort of lost their way a little bit how do you take what's your philosophy on players who don't play or players that aren't even in the team's plans for you know two or three year period into the future and what's your what's your philosophy on how to get those players better and move up their value you know to help your team sort of be better but like i said like what's your philosophy on low minute to no minute players you know, sort of going forward.
2: You know, Mike, that's a really good question because, like you said, it's easy. You know, people always say, well, oh, he developed Kevin Durant. No, nah, I coached Kevin in high school. <laughs> I was fortunate enough that I didn't fuck him up. You know what I mean? And, and he was good enough. And he's 32 years old now and he's one of the best players in the world. Do we think that at 17? No. But why I'm using that example is because what I did with Kevin back then is I still do a lot of it with some of the guys now. I think. I think that the biggest thing about the NBA is is what I've learned. It's not just about the drills. It's not just about, you know, how many combo moves can you give a guy. It's how is that organization going to utilize that player? Mm-hmm. And you and I have had numerous conversations. Same thing with Seb. Is that to me, where I've grown is I'm not a player development. You're not a, we're a coach. We develop Coaches. young men. And and sometimes I would get frustrated when I was even in college, player development. He did, you know, no, man, I, I work with these players and these women on a daily basis to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to on a daily basis. in, in mm-hmm. the community, in the classroom, and on the court. And mm-hmm. and it's the same thing in the NBA. You know, I had, I was fortunate. My first year in the NBA, we had a guy named Rasul Butler, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He one was one of my tri- favorite
1: guys. We had him with the Clippers for a year. I love that guy.
2: You know how we got him? Is that he was in your gym, Dave, playing pickup. Yeah. That's when you had pickup. I out remember there. that. Yeah. And and um oh, I just I just my, his name just escaped me. Um Played at Utah, um, Andre Miller. Andre, Andre Miller. Andre, so Andre Miller was with the, the with the with the Wizards, and he tells Tom, "Hey, Tommy, this guy's been killing at the Clippers workouts. You need to bring him in." It's with Sue Butler, and yeah. so Sue was probably 12, 13 years in. He comes, and so he is a. You talk about we had to physically fight him to leave the gym. So my right. first year, I'm in the gym with him every single day, and he, and he's probably one of the most. Karen, good guys you're ever gonna meet, but he's also from Philly, so he's gonna tell you directly what, what the fuck's going on. Right. And he was he was phenomenal. Then I had Paul Pierce. My first year Paul Pierce was with the wizards. So I was around two guys that had routines. I don't know what Paul was before everything, but what after KG everybody said, but but every day, nine twenty, he would come down the stairs yeah. for a ten o'clock practice every single day. And and and, and what Rasul did what Andre Miller did, these guys had routines. And so so Sweet Chuck, what you asked me is that I'm around these guys and I'm watching these guys on a daily basis. And then I'm like, look, man, all these guys want to do these, these – these young guys want to come in and do what they did in college. Well, you got John Wall. You got Russ Westbrook. These guys dominate the ball. Then it's Brad Beale has the ball. So you better figure out how you can get on the court and stay on the court, and it's not going to be going into your package. So how does, the, <laughs> how does Randy Whitman, how does Scotty Brooks, how does Tommy Shepard want you to play in this organization? And that's what kind of – it clicked with me one day – and everything we did was okay. What they're gonna, you, how are they gonna be played in the game? And if you get, Scotty Brooks has got a great line: play your minutes. If it's five minutes, if it's ten minutes, if it's thir- play your minutes, play your minutes. And so those five minutes, we would break down and see what is the guy doing. Um, mm-hmm. Sweet Check, you put something out the other day on Twitter. I think it was that. What is it? Seventy-five percent of the NBA gets seven shots or less. Ten shots. Yeah, ten, ten shots or less. Less than ten, ten shots. Shot, that's okay. I like I use I use seven, so I I, mm-hmm. I fucked it up. Um, but to me, like so, if though if there's ten shots, okay, three are threes, four are at the rim, and another uh, three are at the mid-range. Well, why mm-hmm. are you working on combo moves? And so that's a shot profile. So we would break down a shot profile for each guy, and that's mm-hmm. what we would work on. Because when you got in the game, if you could do what coach wanted you to do, then you might get more opportunity, and then you, your your role might expand. It's that simple. But but everybody. Sure. You know, we got a guy that, that you know, I'm going to use Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre came in and wanted to be Brad Beal. You know, he mm-hmm. worked out with the same guy. And Kelly Oubre is phenomenal now. But at that time, he needed to be a, a defensive guy, a corner three, and a slasher cutter. And he wanted to fight that because he wanted to show his, what he could do. He wanted to be the next Otto Porter, which was fine. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that, that there's nothing wrong with that ambition, but you got to be, hey, K- Kelly, this is how coach is going to use you. First off, Randy Whitman didn't play him because he didn't play rookies. And then mm-hmm. but then with Scotty getting this is how you got to play. And so to mm-hmm. me, I hope I'm answering your question Mike is that No you are. You oh gotta, you are. Yeah, you got to Hey first out of all
0: Seth, Seth, it was my question. I'll let him know if he answered it or not, all right?
2: No, but Hey
1: David, but, the, those guys that you know, they go, get into their package. If if they keep getting into their package, you know what they're going to be doing? Retirement yeah. package. No, yeah. you know what? Yeah. What
0: happens is they get a package. Unfortunately, it says return to sender. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, 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 and, like and you I, know, it's funny.
1: I I remember David that summer with Andre Miller in our gym. The guy never lost a pickup game.
2: He's the best. He's one He's of those guys
1: best. that like his game. It was so simple and, and you know below the rim, but his team wins every pickup game.
2: He is yo. So so I'm in the league, guys. And I got Paul Pierce at one end. I got Andre Miller, who's arguably one of the top ten assist uh, point guards in the league. And, and, you know, he has that high-pitched voice. Hi, coach. Yeah. What do you want me? You know, and, and, and he would, he'd ask it, me what It, the, it looks and, like he just rolled out of bed. Oh, my God. And he it got his his, ties <laughs> his shoe. You know, how I mean, he used to tie his shoe behind the, yeah. the, the laces behind yeah. his, the back of his uh, ankle. Just, I mean, just so I was very fortunate. And Rasul taught me we would have to go to gyms. And, and I would hit guys with questions. You know, you know we flew into a city we fly into a city and and, and I'd have to find a gym for Rasul. And just some of the, the, you know, I think I heard you say this, uh, players will tell you what they need. They're going to tell you what they need and what they, and so our job is to put them in that situation. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, Mike, to finish your question is that I've been really good. Gary Temple was somebody that I would say that, we really helped him. He never made more than a million dollars, and when he left the Wizards, he made. I used this in my my negotiation, my second contract. He left and made 21 million dollars with, uh, I think it was Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Ramon Sessions, another true professional, um, still in the league, I think, scouting with the New Orleans. He was a guy that bought in and and got better and, and got a better contract. Mike Scott, you guys picked up Mike Scott from the Clippers. You know, those are guys, mm-hmm. but those are men. Those are guys that understood the league, understood what they needed to do. Um, and another one was one of my favorite guys is Thomas Adoransky who just got back with the the Wizards. He's somebody that came in and had a big chip on his shoulder, and he was in the gym and he he followed our lead. And it wasn't just me; it was the whole staff that we had. But uh, and got better.
0: How how hard was it sometimes, David, to you know with those kids coming from college, especially the the kids didn't have a lot of college experience, you know, one year, or two year out, that developing an actual routine not just like, not just working out. And I felt as though that the actual routine of being a pro really helps those players as far as being early, watching film, seeking people out, um, you know, allowing yourself to be coached, engaged in games even if they're not gonna be in. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of that, of being the, you know, sort of the routine of being a pro as well as the routine on the court that the shots they're gonna get and what type of workouts they need. But, like, talk to us about the education part of the young players that you molded, you know, uh, when you got to Washington.
2: Well, I think one of the best things that I did was your uh, player development summit in Vegas.
0: Rest in peace.
2: Uh, yes, rest in yeah. peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, rest in peace. <laughs> Too bad. But, you know, You know, Mike, I don't need to stroke you. You guys are two of the best I've been around. But, But, Mike, your organization, and you broke it down of how you had to have guys, rookies had to come in. What an hour and a half, or two hours earlier than everybody else. Yeah, ninety minutes. Ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and and just and I had those notes, and and but you went through it, I'm like you know what, if this is what he's doing and the success he has, this is pretty impressive. And then you'd have meetings when you got into cities, yeah. um, as well as is it is it PK the, the psychologist? DK. DK. Don
0: Cockstein, yep, Don Cockstein.
2: And and just listen. So to me is you know, I, I know you are. I know service Be a lifetime learning. You learn. The success of other people, you learn the fails of other people. And so, when you said that, I really looked at what we did with the Wizards. Um, and first off, like Kelly Oubre, I mean, God bless him. He's a, I mean, he loves the game, and he would do whatever. But sometimes you got to look at who else is in that his ear. And right. it's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not just the Wizards. It's his agent. It's his dad. It's his girlfriend. It's his personal trainer. Yada yada yada. So you you, you got to really kind of. And it's funny because you got to get everybody on the same page, and I would try to do that with his dad, with Drew Hanlon. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is, and then this is how you can help us. And some people have their own agenda. It is what it is. Drew was great. His dad was great. I'm not saying that. No, no. But to me, you got to get everybody on the same page, and then okay, this is what we're doing. We have to be early. You have to get your work in. You have to get your film in. Right. You have to make sure you take care of your body. So all these things is the routine. And, and I hammer it home every single day. And I'm sure guys got tired of it, but I would like to say, you know, you know, we all have it when we have teachers early in life. Man, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I hate that woman. And then five, ten years later, like, yo, I, I'm thankful for that coach, that teacher, because they instilled in me early on I didn't like it at that time, but my routine now was my routine. And, and, I, and I, I get up. Go ahead.
1: I think, David, uh, you know, People think just because a player's getting paid that he's a pro, which may be true. But being a professional is what you're talking about. Big difference.
2: Well, yeah, I think Kevin Sutton, I, I live by this. And like Kevin Sutton told me this. Um, I was at Maryland. And it, I would even try to, to teach the young women, and I, had, I dealt with a lot of the guys at Maryland at that time too, um, is there's a dif- difference between I want to be a pro, I want to be a pro. Well, pro is somebody that does it two to three years. A professional in our sport does it between 10 to 12 to 13 years. You know, my mm-hmm. father was in the government for 38 years. That's a professional. You know, he was he mm-hmm. worked in government in D.C. for 38 years, two years in career. That's a professional. It's the same thing. You know, in professional sports, if you can get a 10 to 12 to 15-year run, that's unbelievable. But so to me it's like, okay, so you want to be a pro. Well, a pro does this, and he's going to be out. Like you said, he's going to be in retirement in two or three years. But if you do these things – and you better have some, 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 some stories or you better have some, some credibility saying this is what guys do. And a lot of guys I brought up, the Ramon Sessions, the Garrett Temple, the Rasul Butlers, those guys were professional before I got them. But then I think I was able to help them continue on to be professional. And Rasul started for us you know, early in his, you know, when he was out of the league. And it wasn't anything we did. He did all the work. But we made sure that the work was what he needed to be successful.
1: That's great. That's great. Mike, you got anything uh, before we wrap up?
0: Oh, we're wrapping up already? It's been a short uh <laughs> No, we can, we can keep going if you want. No, I mean, you know, the rigors of the NBA season so tough. And, you know, players are so up and down. You know, the minutes go up and down. How do you sort of keep the psyche? Because, again, most people think player development's all on the floor. And it is. For the most part, a lot of it is. But a lot of it also is off the floor talking to players – developing those relationships, like, two-part question. A, how do you develop your relationships with players? B, and don't, without using the fucking word sweat equity, by the way, that's a fucking word that's <laughs> banished from this fucking show, all right? That's a, one of the most bullshit terms I've ever heard in my life. Secondly, like, how do you keep them sane when they're not playing or their minutes go down and their role goes down? Like how do you sort of keep them going, you know, with their productive pro and they're productive for the team as well as productive for themselves. So the the relationship part one, and then the second, like how do you keep those players that are a little like going off the rails a little bit? How do you sort of rail them back to being productive?
2: You know, Mike, it's we've all been there and done that. It's it's um, a couple things. If you want to be a professional basketball player, there are certain standards that you have to live by, the way you carry yourself on the court, off the court, what you do at night. And so if you're doing whatever you're doing, but your production on the court with me is is still high level, okay, I'll deal with it. But if it's not, then I can call you out. But it comes back to this, you know, and I I take a lot of things from different people. How do you spell love? How do you guys spell love? O-O-V-E. Well, Coach K used to say this, and say what you want about Coach K, but he spells it T-I-M-E. I'm going to show you how much I care and love you by the amount of time I'm going to spend with you, by the amount of time I'm going to tell you right from wrong, yes and no. And I've used that since I was in college. I heard it as on a recruiting trip, and I heard that. And I'm like, you know what? There's not many more guys that are going to spend more time than you, Mike, and Dave are going to spend with players every day. And so that's uh-huh. one thing. I'm spending time with you. I'm taking time away from everything else in my life to help you come to the gym late at night, to come to the gym early in the morning, to ride with you in an Uber to go find a gym, some random gym in, in, in Philadelphia, some high school gym. But then with that, now we can talk. Now we just not just about basketball. Let's, let me find out about Rasul and his family and his older daughter. Let me find out about Trevor Reese's son that he's having some problems. You know what I mean? So, so to me it's the relationship piece is that let me find out about who you are and more importantly, let you find out who I am. Find out that I got a wife and two kids that I'm fucking at home with right now. It's not just about you. So I think you teach some compassion. I think you teach them, you know, but you 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 you're real with them. I open up and tell them. I speak from my heart. And I and usually, but that's that's the piece though, Mike. And you do it, I do it. You're one of the most blunt, upfront guys I've ever met. And you know, I saw you just you you got on Dwight Blair, I mean, Dewan Blair, my first or second year in the league when you had him in Dallas. And the way you talked to him, and he took it because he knew where it was coming from. You remember that? We were sitting right on the Mm -hmm. sideline, and you went right, and I had him very short. I I think I had him before or after that, but either way, and I'm like, oh, shit, here's a guy that can, I mean, and and it wasn't that you were disrespecting him or uh, 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 undressing him, but you went boom, 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 and he had no answer because he didn't do those things. And so to me, it's the time that you spend with them, it's the relationship that you build, and I think that's the key, especially with these young guys now. You can't just you can't be a hard ass. You can't go and do it my way or the highway. You got there's got to be a common ground. Um, I worked out a guy yesterday, Chris Walker, who's been on three or four teams, um, and good guy seems like it. It's a honeymoon stage. We just picked him up. He, you know, uh, he worked out yesterday, and I'm working him out. And I said, "Hey man, I'm gonna be real with you right here." I said, "Are you a professional basketball player?" He said, "Yes." I said, "How do you fucking come in not in shape?" And he looked at me. I said, your one job in life, if you're a professional basketball player, whether you're on a team or not, is to be fucking in shape. And the way I said it, and I was prepared for him, <clears throat> here's my workout. I watched film. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was prepped for him. I knew what I wanted to do. And he looked at me. And I said, we got to get going, man. I don't need a lot of reps. I need quality reps. But it's like he looked at me, and then we had a better workout. But it, but I hit him right between eyes, right early, because I'm like, no, there's, there's no excuse for this. And then well, Hold on, hold on. It.
0: This se- this segment is sponsored by Lifetime Fitness. If you want to get in shape, please contact us at www.lifetimefitness.com. Tell us, tell them that Atkins sent you. Okay, go
1: ahead. yeah, we got a new sponsor, Sweet Chuck. Oh
0: Good.
2: man, but but oh. then, but hey, then-
1: but what yeah. you're saying, David, it, and it really just kind of hit with me: time equity is more important than sweat equity.
2: Oh, um, I think so. Hey, come here, come here, Sam. Yeah. Hey, I got I got a special guest Oh, I'm you got my man Sam? Come on, Sam. Look at me. this is what the G League does for you. Oh, I got Sam. Chico Averbach's son here. Look, look who we got here. Look hey, who we... Coach <laughs> Hey here. Sam, how you doing? You know Michael Pacopio. Yeah, Coach Pacopio, how you doing? Not bad. Hey.
0: Nepotism at its finest. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Congratulations. You hear him? Oh, he
2: said nepotism at its finest. <laughs> No, Sweet so Chuck. I didn't
0: know we were going to have guests
1: having
2: guests. <laughs> they said Jeez. we didn't even have guests having guests. Now our
0: 13 followers will go to 50. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: yeah, maybe Chico Aberbuck will be one of our new guys. Yeah, no doubt uh, No, great guy. He's young, really good young management yeah. in uh, in training. Um, so Sam the, was a good player too. Yeah, yeah. He tells me that all the time. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think the other thing, uh, Sweet Chuck, what you asked me is is that. You know, you and I both and Sev, is I relish in being able to get guys to go and, and believe in what we're doing. There's You know, the mental, the physical, the emotional state of a player that's not playing, can you keep him ready? Because I always say this to guys, hey, man, everybody wants an opportunity. With well, an opportunity, the NBA is going to present itself when it presents itself. It could be tonight's game. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week's. But have you prepared yourself for that opportunity by doing the work daily? And so guys will look at you because you know Scotty Brooks will come down. He's pissed off. Okay, get in the game, Admiral Schofield. Well, fuck, Admiral, are you ready to play? And yeah. so to me, that that's the piece that you have to do in the morning work, when you walk to the plane, when you maybe go to dinner with them, whatever it might be, to keep their mind right and ready. Because as you guys know, you get called into a game, and you don't perform, you might not get that chance again, or you might be waived. It's that. this that. It's that serious.
0: I, I'll tell you what. David, your situation now with the D-League, I, I spent one year um, at the main Red Claws, their first year of the organization. Look, I love the NBA. Don't get me wrong. It, it's, it's great. You make good money. You're around the best players you know, in, in the sport, which is great. But a lot of times you don't really have a lot of impact on most of the roster. You might have impact on a couple of the players that are uh, late draft picks you know, that, that really need your help. In the D League, I really enjoyed it because, and I'll tell you what, I'll, if the money was the same, I'd go to the D League because I really think that you have a lot more impact on most of the players. Because most of the players have no fucking chance of playing in the NBA, ever. Now, pandemic, most of the guys played in the NBA, I get it. But in a regular year, most of those guys are overseas players. They're going to be overseas players, they're here just as sort of maybe a middle year and they're going on don't get me wrong you have three or four players probably that have a chance no, to no. play in the nba but <clears throat> like i really thought you could have a lot of impact on developing pros to go off to other things and really helping them you know helping them understand what being a pro is because a lot of those players that's probably going to be their last stop if they really mess that up where they can't be pros you know, I, I wanted that job to be a springboard for them to get better overseas opportunities and really help and, and springboard their career. How do you sort of, it, without naming names, of course, but like, how do you take that as far as developing pros at this level, at the D-League level? And your education from the NBA level, how does that help you
2: mold yeah. those guys at the D-League level? Mike, that's another <laughs> great question. I, I'll, I think, I'll pat myself on the
0: back. Don't worry about no, it. No, no, because
2: but because you make me think. That's why I like being around you. That's why I enjoy going to the Philippines and, and China with you guys because <laughs> there's certain people. No, but there's there's certain times like some of the conversations we've had. Not to stroke you two guys. I mean, I, I you you're Mike. You and Dave were the first two to call me when I got didn't get retained. And it's like little things like that. We've all been through it. If you're in the NBA long enough, you're going to be fired. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you build relationships with these guys. And I can't on your podcast and we, we'll get maybe a, somebody else to sponsor you guys. But thank you very much for your friendship and, and, <laughs> and your, your kind words. But I think, though, Mike, that, that's for me, it's been great because it's back to basics. And so for, the G League is about developing players, developing coaches, developing management, developing interns. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really consider myself an educator at heart. And so it's, they've helped me probably more than them. But it's also – I didn't have as much say because Coach Hewitt and the other guys on staff were more into college. So they know these – they're bringing up players in meetings. And Matt Morales, so I don't know any of them. Just bring them in. Let me take a look at it. Let me get an edit. Let me look at it. And so those guys have done a great job. of. And we've got a team of, of guys. Let me back up. I'm sorry. I think if, if you help us with the, the Aqua Caliente Clippers, we got to help you move on. Three of our guys this year have gotten calls up because of the pandemic, because of all that right. kind of craziness. But, right. but, but Moses Wright, who was an ACC player of the year, didn't get drafted, just got a two-way with Dallas, okay? And then, you know, um, George King got a 10-day got a with Dallas. And then we had um, – he's 27 years old. Play. Yeah, Xavier, Xavier Moon has, has got – had three, had a hardship and two 10-days. And so what we've done for those guys, they made more money, but I think when they move on, whether it be the NBA or overseas, they've got, they, we've helped them, and they've got a good base, they've got, they've got good film, they've got good experiences, and I would hope that they would say that we taught them how to be professional and how to work. Because you know, Mike, when you go overseas, you're going to practice twice a day. You yep. better be prepared to take care of your body, to take care of your nutrition, to get your rest, and be able to practice or you're out. And especially yep. if you're an American, you better go over there and be able to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, and so <laughs> unless you I, I unless think,
1: you come to Norway, then you practice once every two days. <laughs>
2: yeah, but but I think I think Mike, but that's that's the piece that you know I, I think that I've relished here, and it's helped me. And I, I'm overseeing the offense. Coach Shields has been phenomenal in giving me the board at you know late game. He's allowed me to run the offense in practice, and and all I'm doing is I'm instituting Tai Lu's offense, which is phenomenal to say the least. But it's but it's been cool because that's never been my role. It's always been. Player development, getting guys better, but player development, Mike, and we, you and I've talked about is I've got to take when I was at the Wizards, Robert Pack's offense, Mike Longabardi's defense, and mm-hmm. I had to make that make guys work in those realms. And so when guys don't play, your last part of the question, how you keep them ready, is you got to have simulated workouts that they're doing things where they got to be the low man in in, in the X out low man, he's Xing out to the second pass, or you got to put him in situation where he's got to switch to a white. Or to you know, to affront, to post, all those things. So I just think that that's that's where coaching comes in. That's where development kind of meets coaching. One I, of the
1: things that that I I could you know attest to, seeing personally. You know, I've been to a couple of uh, Hunter games this year, and and David's pregame work with the G League guys is is the exact same as he would do with an NBA player. I mean, his his enthusiasm. And the intensity and the pace of the workout were the same, whether it's a G League or an NBA guy. And you know that's one of the things I really respect about you.
2: I appreciate it. And I'm gonna say this though, Mike. And, and and this, we got Matt Morales and Coach Coach Hewitt put together. Matt's a great. Team. Uh, um, Coach Hewitt put together a, a a team. We had 48 baskets the other night. 48 field goals. We had 32 assists. Everybody in the G League is. We played Santa Cruz, which is a great environment to play in. Up I heard in Santa that. Cruz. that's great. I heard. Phenomenal. But but, so think about that. Most guys in the G League think they got to go get buckets. They got to go, you know, this is how they get in the NBA. And we got a team that really shares the ball, and that's a credit to Coach Hewitt and to Matt Morales. But So the team has been really, really cool to be around and work with. I'll
0: tell you two quick stories of uh, tomfoolery of me in the D League. It it, (laughs) it might shed a lot of stories of why I'm still unemployed, but we had this guy named Tony Bobbitt who was an All-American player unbelievable high school player played at cincinnati him yeah. and i would go at it all the time but he was a little unprofessional and that's probably why he probably didn't maximize the career that he had but one day he was going fucking nuts right like he was like no my fucking brand this is not to happen my brand da, da, da. i said tony the way you're fucking going you know what your logo is gonna be for your brand i'll tell you what it's gonna be you holding a Rosetta Stone in one hand, because you're going to be going to you know, Cucamonga fucking Austria or whatever, <laughs> playing. or, and on the other hand, you're going to be holding a key to the Red Roof Inn for the ABA franchise you'll be signing with next week. So the fuck up. So that was one. And the second was, he would get on me, you know, I'm fat, da 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 Of course I am. He's completely right. So we, we stopped at, we had a long road trip. We went to LAX. But then we went to like grab something to eat at the McDonald's driving. We had to drive the bus or something before we went to I think we could go on a Bakersfield or something. I said, hey, Tony, because he played in the NBA for the Lakers for a real short period of time. But I on the on the bus, I was looking up his stats on basketball reference.
2: I know you did. He, he
0: literally played like 16 minutes, like in the NBA total in his whole career. So we drove the bus. It took like 23 minutes to get to the uh, McDonald's. I said, Tony, you know that bus ride from the hotel, from the airport there? That's longer than you were in the fucking NBA, you not-playing motherfucker. And he loved it. And he loved it. But that, but that That's- like, look, I, I would never tell anybody to talk the way I do. And it probably cost me, you know, a little bit of my career. But you got to not take yourself that serious when it's like you think that you're in the know-it-all and it's just like because you have the, the word coach on your fucking polo, that people automatically respect you. And I think, yeah. take you know. Take yourself
1: seriously. Uh, take your job seriously, yeah. but not yourself. Yeah,
0: and I think, like, messing around with the guy's a little bit of good. I probably sure. took it to another extreme, but I, I, like, the D-League's the best, man. Like, seriously. I will say this all honestly if the money's the same and I was offered an NBA te- an MBA franchise as far as to work for or a D League I really enjoy the D League a lot because there's so many spectrum like different spectrums of players and I really enjoy just helping guys and I think at the NBA level it's really hard to really help the great players it's you know you, you, obviously in player development you help the lower guys and that's great yeah. but there's so many fucking people in the NBA there's 400 coaches around it's like it's ridiculous, it, you know, and, and with all due respect, but in the D-League, there's like, well, at least when I did it, there was like three people, and there yeah. was a the head no, coach, right. it was Randy Livingston, and it was me, and I think you have a lot better chance of like really helping people yeah. rather than the NBA, no offense to the NBA, it was great, but the D-League such a great opportunity, you know, can you spend like three, four minutes just talking about life in the D-League a little bit? and your yeah. job and that, just so people get the idea of it. You
2: know. <clears throat> no, I mean, it's good to hear you say that because, I mean, it's a long grind, any scene, NBA season, a G League. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, I keep saying this, though, Mike and, and Davis, it, it got me back to basics. Everything you just said, Mike, is why I'm really enjoying my time here, is that um, it's it's the bare bones. We practice at Tri-Fit. tri-fit has fit has got – the, the roof is low, great wood floor. I mean, it's it's perfect. I mean, but it's it's a, it's a gym. where in the morning, we can't get to court till eleven o'clock because they've got a a, a private school uses it as a, their gym class. Um, so we got to mop the floor. We got it, you know. But it's just a, a kind of a hole in the wall gym. Perfect. Um, the arena's ten minutes from my house. It's all basketball. I'm out here by myself, which is tough. It's the first time I've done that. You know, always trying to find something to eat. I'm not a, but. The, the 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 basketball piece, and I think you, you hit it on the head, Mike, is that you got guys that listen. Because I have seven years' experience, I try not to say that I did this, I did this. But sometimes I gotta throw a zinger, like hey, hey look, man, hold on, man, I did this shit with fucking Brad Beal. He's a fucking all all NBA getting ready signed his his second max deal. Are you fucking shit? Are you kidding me? And so, but but like you, I can throw zingers because I've been around them long enough. And all I want. Mike, I know you. I know they, all I want is for everybody I'm around to try to elevate their game and get better. I don't care who you are, what you do. We got two guys, Alejandro and Sam are two of our ball boys. They've gotten better throughout the year. That, I, I like that. I like the fact that we got ball boys at our games that are getting better, are having a good time. I got them throwing the alley-oops to, to our players on, and when they finish their workout. You know what I mean? So to me, it's it's, the, it's that. Can you impact where you are? And, and in the G League, it's, it's that these guys – Probably not NBA players. They're probably not. But can they go overseas or can they go somewhere and make more money and continue to be a professional basketball player, and can we help them on their journey? That's it. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. And if you don't play hard, if you don't guard the ball, if you can't keep the guy in front of you, I'm going to fucking call you out. I'm going to say something to you. But then the next morning you want to get some work, I'm there with you. The next day you want to have film, I got it. You know. And and to me, that's what this G League has really kind of showed me is the fact that it's pure basketball. Everybody loves it. From from say, my roommate Sam Averbach, that's trying. He's an intern. He wants to be in basketball. And I learned this quick story. I learned this. When we were in Vegas for the showcase. I met the young lady. She does the PR now for the whole G League. She was in the NBA, I'm, I, and she played at Brown, so she's a she's a hooper. She said what she was in New York with the NBA office, and she said there's a lot of corporate people in, in the NBA in New York, but in the G League. Everybody you meet is about, it's basketball. They love basketball from the interns to the PR people, every, and it's like, she told me that, Mike, and I'm like, oh, so I started trying to see if she was right. Everybody you deal with from the scorekeeper to the, to the ball boy, to whoever, they love basketball. And you can't say that about the NBA, kind of like what you're saying. And so they're in it because of the purity and they love it. and, And that's what the G League is because you don't get paid a lot of money you're probably living in somewhere that you probably don't want to but but you 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 get to coach basketball i'm getting ready to leave to go to a gym in, in in about 20 minutes and i'm gonna be in the gym until two o'clock this afternoon it's, there's not much better life than that right
0: no there's not there's not Seth, you good well i i'm great i just all my
1: time with david i just really enjoy listening to him and talking to him hanging out with them. I, I remember we were in the Philippines together, and I said, David, let's go for a walk. And we take off from the hotel, and I'm taking him through some neighborhoods, and he's giving me the side eye. Like, Coach, what, what, what are we doing here? I said, don't worry, Coach. Everybody in the Philippines loves I hoops, loves and uh, you know we're going to have no problems. Hey so I got, I've hey, always appreciated our time together.
2: Hey, Dave, how about this one? How about we're sitting on the baseline watching those kids play Play pickup that first night, and how yeah. hard they played. It uh, was like we couldn't believe it. Remember
1: that? Those kids get after, and that they'd come to our camp in the, in the afternoons after having like high school practice for four for four hours. Yeah. I
0: said, how, yeah. how about when number. we were in China? How about when we were in China the first <laughs> night and we were watching me no run play against <laughs> <laughs> me can't
2: play. Minnow run. You Me have to put left. that. You have to add that video to this right there because that's a classic. Well, <laughs> since we only have 11 followers, you
0: can't officially get canceled. So if we go over 20, <laughs> we'll get canceled for that. So I'm gonna keep oh, that in man. my memory bank.
1: We we were close. We, we were close to starting World War III yeah. with yeah. Sweet yeah. Chuck in China. Yeah, oh my
0: gosh! Yeah, the
1: van rides to the gym. Or
0: oh, classic. Fantastic, man. <laughs>
1: Uh, What's the one thing you won't see on the street, Sweet Chuck?
0: I gotta keep that for uh, our conversation. Okay. Hey, I don't want a fucking I don't want a drone to take out my whole family if I <laughs> that, <right?
1: Okay. laughs> Hey, listen, David, We really appreciate you coming on. I know you got to run to the gym, but this was this was great. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, bro. guys. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much, guys.
1: Today's episode of Caught in the Net uh, is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, without the vows. All we ask is that you close your door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out.